I'm Kat. And I'm Kurt, and you're listening to Kat and Kurt's TV Review. Welcome to episode 14, I Am the Bad Wolf. This week we're discussing season 1, episode 13 of Doctor Who, The Parting of the Ways, and season 2, episode 1 of Buffy, When She Was Bad. As always, we suggest you watch the episodes before you listen to the podcast. Also, if you haven't done so already, you may want to listen to our first podcast to get an idea of our methodology. So, okay, we get finally to the end of the first season of Doctor Who. And I, I don't mean to say finally in, in a bad way, but like, you know, this is this is good. This is what we've been waiting for. and Accomplished, yeah. Now we know who the bad wolf is. Yeah, finally. Is Rose, as she is. Rose what? slash uh, the TARDIS. Yeah, like she's possessed by the TARDIS and yeah. the time vortex and stuff. And actually, so, but actually, we, and we weren't going to start with Rose and the TARDIS anyway. So I, I wanted to start with what happens after that. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the regeneration. Yeah. Because it's my first time. <laughs> no, um, yeah, it's, I, I am no longer a regeneration virgin, so to speak. Um, I... Okay, so, and of course, just like everyone's first time, you want to compare it to others. Um, so, yeah. like, what, you know, the, the questions that are going around in my head are, how does this, how does this compare? What, like, is, oh, so first of all, do, would we normally see, like, an on-screen regeneration like this? In, yes. in the past? Yes. Well, now 10 Doctor, right? Because this is going from the ninth to the 10th Doctor. Yeah. Typically, the regenerations occur in front of the audience on screen yes i think the only exception to the rule was the eighth doctor who was the one in the tv movie and as i said in the intro that was uh potentially a a setup for a new series that didn't end up getting picked up and then so then when they um when they when Russell Davies started the show, he recast and we got mm-hmm. number nine instead. So we don't know. Um, and as of today, in July of 2013, we still don't know um, how and under what circumstances the regeneration between eight and nine happened. Right, um, and we talked a little bit about it in our second episode of our podcast. Yeah. When we first see Christopher Eccleston as the Ninth Doctor, right, right. he maybe, comes in making making new, comments about his appearance. Recent. Right, yeah. right. So that's he, the only one um, because, yeah, because that wasn't really part of a show because it was a one-off movie, and then okay. they sort of kind of gave it a little bit of a reboot when they brought it back. Um, other than that, every single Doctor, I think I'm right in saying this, has died and regenerated on screen and and i think the tradition is that it happens at like the end of an episode like they'll there'll okay. be a big climactic final episode for whoever the doctor is he yeah, somehow yeah, yeah. mortally which wounded. makes sense yeah he gets a big you know farewell story he's somehow mortally wounded dies and in the closing moments of the episode you get a new doctor waking up in the previous doctor's clothes and you get a glimpse of him before it finishes and then he gets his own story the next time 
we certainly get that here. So it's following. So it's, it's following tradition. It's not breaking. It's not messing with the format. If it's if it if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, which which answers a number of my other questions. But I'll I'll tell you one of one of the other questions that I had only because we previously talked about it and. Now I feel like I need to admit that this is what I was thinking. When I first saw the regeneration occur, what, like the first thing that came to my mind is, I wonder if there have been multiple regenerations sort of in the same episode or, or like movie or whatever had yeah. happened. Yeah. And you told me that that was not the case. Right, right. And I kind of felt sad about that. <laughs> and And... And the reason I felt sad about that is because I think it would be a really cool idea to have, like, three or four regenerations, like, happen, like, boom, so, boom, so boom, all like, in a row, like, within, like, a ten-minute period of like time, he, he or, even, through, or even faster. He burns through yeah. five bodies and, in the space of five minutes or something. And sort of the, 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 the analogy that I was coming up with is, like when you're at a really hard part in like a video game and you can't get past like this one enemy. And so you just keep dying and trying again and trying again and trying again. Yeah. But I, I realize in thinking that, that this is coming from the sadistic and psychopathic part of my brain. This is what Joss because, Whedon would do. Because this is like, yeah, this is like wishing that the doctor was going through the pain of death multiple times in order to regenerate for my visual pleasure. Okay. Um, sure. No, I think it's, yeah, maybe a little problematic from the character's story point of view. It's a great idea. Um, oh, gosh, there's certain things I wish I could talk about. Yeah, well, well, and I don't want to speculate too much. I mean, I know even though we are doing a bit of an extended discussion on this episode, yeah. I just I just wanted to sort of put that out there as, as something that I thought would be really cool. But I realized that didn't happen this time around, and yeah. maybe there are reasons why it can't well, or won't and I happen. Think, I think we might have a little bit more to say to that next time. Um, okay. That, uh, with so the next regeneration? With the, no, with the next episode. Um, oh, okay. I think, oh, so I think in instant next, gratification. Almost instant, instant gratification. Instant gratification. Um, I think we might have a little bit more data to add yeah, in and, to and the I'm, theory, okay. either to support it or otherwise, but, um, okay. but <laughs> you're um, not giving me a lot of hope, but okay. I, we can move on. I, I did like, yeah, I, I, I mean, I obviously, again, this being my first regeneration, I, I, well, the first witness of a regenerate, I didn't actually regenerate in case you didn't realize that, but, um, my first witnessing of a regeneration, uh, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect at all, but, I mean, Wait, it was pretty well, Okay, so, really quickly, and, uh, we, yes. we can't, you know, I, we're, we're going to waste so much time. Um, <laughs> before we start talking about the regeneration itself, okay. um, I, I want to ask the question, did you see it coming? Because... So the impression I got after last no. week, we had a big well, long discussion last week about Rose and about right. the, did she get killed off? Can they do that? Would they do that? You know, can companions, you know, how are we expecting the companion to leave or something to happen, whatever. And I felt mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. I was biting my tongue because the, the conversation was going down a path of something's going to happen to Rose. 
And then we get this episode, which is called The Parting of the Ways, which right. I, when I told you that, you said you, it sounded ominous. And I thought, you know, he's going to be buying it hook, line, and sinker that it's Rose that's parting. And, uh, I, and here we get the new doctor at well, the end. But maybe, I, maybe I'm reading more into I, that. So I went, I went back and forth because the doctor saves her like right away. Like I expected sure. what yeah. I, I, I expected at the end of the last episode where he's giving his declaration of rescue. Yeah. You know, That's I will be the rescue whole you. Episode, or, yeah. Like yeah, I thought it was gonna be like an episode long, you know, endeavor. Yeah. And then within like three minutes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like come and rescued her. Okay, yeah. okay. Well that's cool. I never doubted you, Doctor. Well I did. So <laughs> I you know, I mean it, like that was that was my initial thought. But when so, and then when, um, you know, you, you're getting through the episode, you, you get them parting because he sends her back in time. Right. Parting doesn't you know? necessarily mean so, death. Yeah. So, like, I thought, like, wow, like, okay, so that's what they mean. And at that point, I started suspecting, well, maybe the doctor will die and regenerate and then come back. Somehow we'll get back to Rose. Yeah, because he'll need his okay. TARDIS again yeah, at some sure, point. Yeah. So, like, I was thinking, like, there might... I didn't expect it to happen with them together. But then, like, Rosa's working so hard to get back. I'm like, oh, it's like the episode's like half over. She's working so hard. Like, she's going to get back, I bet. Like, yeah. somehow she'll get back. Yeah. And then when I saw her in, like, all her tardis and glory, yeah. um, you know, I didn't, like, there. so there were, I, I went back and forth throughout the episode, which right. I think is a good thing. Like, I, think like they good, did, I think it's a great thing. They definitely kept me guessing. For, yeah. yeah, they definitely kept me guessing as to what was coming up next. I mean, if if I predicted it, it was like seconds or milliseconds before it right. happened. You know it's what I mean? Like, like as it, the it was, hand is starting to glow, right. you're going, oh no, yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. And it was, it, it, it was obviously... The, the speeches that he – not speeches isn't even the right word. The, you know, the, the things that he's saying to Rose about, you know, I might come – I might have a two heads or I might have no head or whatever. I'm like, oh, he's, he's talking about regenerate. Like, the, like I knew what he was talking about at that point. But I don't feel like – I feel like at that point it's not a prediction anymore because sure. it's like – it's like happening. He's talking about the cells in his body dying. Yeah. And, and he talks about the trick of beating death. And I'm like, I knew, I knew at that point enough about regeneration and to I be like... And I think most people watching do. So you're right. with the audience. I mean, it's Rose who right. really has no clue what's going on. But we as the right, audience right, right. are she's familiar never experienced with... Exactly. And doesn't the audience have has that, been watching the show for 30 years or 50 so, years. So, so that's, that's why I say, like, I, I can't in good conscience or, or, or whatever say that I predicted it because I, I feel like it was that revelation being worked out in as the way happening. that it was in yeah. the way that I'm sure was intended by, you know, the writers. Um, so yeah, good for them. Like I didn't, I didn't see it. I didn't predict it ahead of time. And, and I definitely went back and forth between, um, not so much as Rose going to die because I felt like if they saved her through last episode, they probably were going to save her again through this one. But then again, I mean, with her looking into the heart of the TARDIS and seeing what happened with Margaret a few episodes back, right. <laughs> you know, like something yeah. death-like could have happened or, or at least something extremely drastic. Yeah. And, and, and it did, and, and, just and not to her. And could have meant leaving. It could have meant Which, the doctor sending her home and that's the last we right, see right, of her right. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, 
honestly, I didn't. Even though you told you you brought up the name of the episode in the moment, I wasn't thinking so much about that. Sure. Um, you know the name of the episode and the parting and all of that. So, um, be, beyond the oh, he sent her back, and then well, no, but she's going to get back. Like it's clear that that's going to happen. Yeah. So um, interesting though. So the regeneration thing. Um, so now you can really say what you want to say. Well, no, no, no. I I was just thinking actually. My my own mention of Margaret just sort of triggered a thing. I mean, in a way, she was regenerated too, and I didn't think of it at the time. But the whole idea that she not in the way that the doctor regenerates because he's a different person and kind of an adult with memories and you know yeah, ideas yeah. and stuff. But but I didn't pick up on it at the time. But that her, you know sending her back as an egg is in effect. Yeah. A regeneration for her too. Yeah, sure. Um and and anyway, that don't want to make too much out of that. It just it just sort of occurred to me that that's kind of what happened there at the same same idea. Yeah, no, um, I think that's a nice parallel. So the oh, Well, and speaking of parallels, I mean the Dalek regenerates. Yeah. <laughs> and not just not just the the emperor Dalek that we see here, but the Dalek back in the episode Dalek. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, they regenerated even use the term, yeah, regeneration. From, from Rose's touch. But, uh, yeah, that would be an interesting thing to look at, the, the different other ways that regenerations occur in, just in this series, first first series of uh, the new show. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, so actually we're like 13 minutes into our discussion and we haven't actually talked a lot about the regeneration. I mean, I don't know that there's a lot more to say. I, I mean, I took, like I said, I kind of knew what was happening based on the things that he was saying mm-hmm. as it was occurring. You know, I might, I might never make sense again as if he ever makes sense before. <laughs> but, um, you know, I might have two heads, I might have no head. Um, you know, time lords have this little trick, a way of cheating death. Um, and, and of course that last thing he says to her right before he goes, um, I just want to tell you that you were fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. And, and you know what? So was I, I. um, that, I mean, that's, that's great because it's confirmation of everything that she's done right from the very first episode in going with him. Um, well, and just before that best pickup line ever, I think you need a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, it was good. It was like, I'm kind of sad because I like this doctor. I yeah. like Christopher Eccleston. He's the only one I really, well, I mean, I've seen the next doctor, but, I, you know, I don't know him yet sure. at all or, or like how he is. But like. I'm kind of sad that he's only here for one season. So, yeah. um, um, and, and an interesting thought there, especially since I think I would have just from a more from like a strategic, you know, planning out of the storyline thing. I think I would have expected him to go more than one season, longer. just because it is a regeneration of the show itself. You know sure, what I mean? Like yeah. it's new, it's new who it's, it, 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 you know, they're, they're starting a new thing. So I think I would have just expected them to have more than a one Not season arc with so this soon, yeah. doctor. So, and, and I don't know if, I mean, I don't want to start talking about the next doctor. And I know you've, you've got some thoughts on, um, you know, for next week on why we might, you know, have had some changes and, and that sort of thing. But, um, 
anyway, that that would also have been one reason why I wouldn't have been expecting it to come. Of course. Um, yeah. So, so it, it, but it did. It's here. Um, I don't know what more to say about that. Some interesting stuff, not necessarily related to the regeneration, though, about the doctor. Um, well, I, I before and, we sorry, talk about, sorry, I, sorry, I do. Sorry. I have a couple more things to say. Um, okay. Because I want to make sure to get this them. is going to be like a three-hour episode, oh God, isn't it? I know. Well, okay, I'm going to go quick. So, um, <laughs> perfectly, I think, in keeping and right that you should feel sad when a doctor leaves. There mm-hmm. is an aspect of the doctor which is the doctor, and he's always the same. He's the same person. There are constants. But um, this isn't like, in my opinion, and you know, maybe other people who feel more loyalty to these things would disagree with me. This isn't like recasting James Bond, where he's always James Bond, and it's just, you can kind of argue about who plays stoic, sexy James Bond better than someone else, but he's more <laughs> or less always James Bond. Right, this, right. This is very different, and and the actor's the whole kind of idea behind it is that when he and he talks a lot about this in the episode he's preparing Rose and the audience for the fact that as he says you never know what you're going to end up with that Mm -hmm. I'm going to go away and I'm going to come back different and there's an aspect to it which I think has always been true although um, I think is a particular sort of thing of Russell Davies which is that the regeneration is a type of death it, right. it really is a type of death, and you're, and there is a personality which is going away. That it's not just he's gonna come back and everything's pretty much the same. It's, you know, if you liked the the ninth Doctor, this is it. He ain't yeah. he ain't there no more. That's it. Mm. So you're, I think it's good that we should mourn him a little bit. Um, you know that that I don't know. I think there's something kind of poignant about that in a way that's just different than we're just going to recast the part. Right. That there right. is an aspect of personality which is dying and which is going to stay gone. Um so I would like to say that. Um so I think, you know, <laughs> yeah. So I think it's good that we think about the ninth doctor and Christopher Eccleston and appreciate him because um because he was in it for such a short time. Um, mm. And I think a lot of the dialogue really points to that, to things like, I'm not going to see you again. I mean, the Doctor is going to see her again, but the Ninth Doctor's not going to see her again, and she's not right. going to see him again. Right. Um, and it means I'm going to change, and all these different things, and the fact that before I want to go, I want to tell you you were fantastic. I don't think he'd be saying that if this is just a quick and easy thing and nothing's going to be different when it's over. You know, right. he's he getting his final words in. So I think there's yeah. like a kind of really poignant aspect to that. Um, yeah, certainly. Um, and and even the way that Rose says when she's the bad wolf, she says, "I want you safe, my doctor." As I said before, my doctor is what people say when they want to distinguish their doctor. You know, mm. from. The other doctors, you know, you say Tom Baker was my doctor. Um, So I think that's kind of a, you know, I mean, she's saying my doctor, you're mine and I want to protect you because I care about you. But I think 
when you're heading into a regeneration, that term is sort of flagged. Um, yeah, has yeah, a little bit more significance. Right, right. Because she saves her doctor only to lose him right again, you know, a couple minutes later. Yeah. Um, and, okay, so the last thing, and then we can start talking about a few other things. Um, well, no, okay, I want to say this because I'm afraid I won't get to it if I won't. So, <laughs> okay. Christopher Eccleston. Yes. Um, only did one season. I don't know why he only did one season because nobody knows why he only did one season other than the people who were there. Um, if gotcha. anyone says that they know, they're lying because there are different conflicting reports. Gotcha. Um, in some, you know, s stories you'll read that he only ever wanted to do one season. Um, others suggest that there was conflict between either with a particular director or with the executive team or okay. he, there's some where he says he didn't like the working environment, whatever. None of them say the same thing. So mm -hmm. we have no idea. Um, and whatever it was, it had something to do with his experience in set on set filming because it was actually um, known that he was leaving before the first episode even aired. Um, Oh, so okay. this was a wow. quick this was a quick turnaround. Yeah, um, I guess so. So I just want to say that, but I also want to say that I think to his credit, he was never anything less than a consummate professional actor. He does not let it show. You know, if he's having conflict or having an unhappy working experience, I think you'd never know it. Um right. you know, right up until those final scenes, he's giving them a hundred percent. Um and I sure. think his last scenes are very powerful. So, yeah, you know, absolutely. whatever rumors there may be, um, I think he gave it his all. And I really appreciate his performance and his take on the character. Um, so those are my things I wanted to say. Um, what else did you want to say about his character, maybe throughout the episode? Yeah, well, interesting. A couple, I mean... Looking back on it, you can kind of see the hints. So there's a lot of goodbyes in this episode, partly just because they think the Daleks are going to come invade everything. But yeah, you also get, um, right at the beginning, you get Rose, the, I never doubted you. And then mm -hmm. the doctor's like, well, I, I did. You know, I doubted me. <laughs> you know, like, I, it's very quick and whatever. But, you know, there, there's actually throughout the season... Uh, a couple of points where you get that same sort of thing. You know, I didn't know that was going to work. You know, this thing that you seem to think that was going to work. Like it, it, right, right. You get some hints that the doctor doesn't always have the clearest idea of exactly what's going on in his own mind. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Just he's just doing things and they right, somehow work I'm, out. I'm glad that worked. Those would have been terrible last words. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That type of thing. Um, yeah, and then Jack and it also says later in the episode, never doubted that was, and never that will. Was be, that was going to be my next point, was that, so you get these votes of confidence in the Doctor, which sort of can ironically point maybe to he is going to die. Like, he's, yeah. something's going to happen. To God. But, you know, again, that's more in retrospect. That's not um, looking at. But, but I think... Um, you know, and, and, well, and even with Jack, even before that, when when Jack gives his kisses to Rose and the Doctor, you know, he says to the Doctor, "I, um, you know, I was better as a coward." But like he's kind of 
like he he gives more to the doc. Like he says to Rose, you know, oh, you know, you're worth fighting for. Like which is nice and sentimental and whatever. But that just kind of seems like okay, yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's what you say to your girl when you're going off to war kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like you're worth fighting for. I'll yeah. remember you. But like to the doctor, he like, like, I don't know. It seems, it seems more poignant. And again, maybe this is just my reflection back, but I, I, I even remember what the first time I watched it, I watched it twice, but the first time I watched it thinking like that, there's something more to that. It, it's not yeah. just, you know, it's not just him saying goodbye to the doctor, but he's actually like saying thank you. Like, yeah, you know, even even though his words are not thank you per se, he's saying I wish I'd never met you. I was much better off as a coward. Like, you oh, know that that's, gosh darn, you've turned me into a hero. And, yeah, yeah. You, you you know that that's totally ironic, and yeah. so yeah. Um, well, that's interesting because I think I think there's a reason for that because we've talked a lot about Rose's humanizing effect. And I think she as kind of the every girl and the sort of model of, you know, humanity and empathy and all these things. We've looked a lot about how she has that effect on the doctor, how she mm. humanizes him and does that. I mean, she did that for the Dalek, too. So that's what the right, human right, right. influence on the alien is, is to make it more human. But then, conversely, the doctor's effect on his, on the humans is to... Uh, turn them into these heroes. Turn them into being. I mean, so Jack talks about he, that. He, with I he wish I never them met a better you. Way to live. And Rose says that too. That she he a better way of living your life. And and so yeah. I think there's this reciprocal thing of the humans having an effect on the doctor, and then the doctor having an effect on the humans, which mm-hmm. you can't have kind of one without the other. Um, and it's not right. Rose. Rose doesn't need to humanize Jack. He's human. It's what Jack needs is the doctor's influence, you know? Right. So right, right. I think that actually kind of makes sense. Yeah. No, I, yeah, no, I think you're right. And, and, and both of them get that. Yeah. Rose's, Rose's speech, extemporaneous speech in the, you know, uh, cafe there, uh, is, is just great too. Yeah. Showing, how different she is because you know when she went off with him in the beginning it was it was selfish you know Mm -hmm. which not not necessarily selfish in a bad way but it was selfish it was i want to see what saying i'm gonna go save the world with him right no 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 yeah and she or even to change the world like not even save it she she was just yeah it was all about what she wanted and she thought it would be fun and exciting and and now it's I want to go back because people are in trouble and I want to help them. Yeah. And not, and obviously not just people, but my friends, but also people in general, like everybody, yeah. like it's, it's not yeah. just, yes, it is her friends and yes, but it's more than just her friends. It's sure. everybody. Um, yeah. So, so I mean, yeah, there's those moments of faith in the doctor from his friends and the aspects of how he's affected them. Um, which kind of in a way are even those two things together are tied together because it's because he's affected them in such positive ways is where their faith comes from in him. Of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the other thing that, that I wanted to know is it, with regard to the regeneration is, um, 
there's the moment where the Dalek Emperor says to him, um, no, 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 I'm sorry. It's, it's when the Doctor is, is sort of enumerating his choices, right? The Doctor's choice is to die as a human or live as a Dalek. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's the choice that he sees. And, like, the whole idea of regeneration, of course, well, one, I mean, he's not a human. So, like, it's kind of a not the actual choice that he has to begin with. But, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's the choice that he sort of enumerates. And, and so... Um, but the regeneration kind of throws in a whole other aspect to it, right? It's like, no, you actually end up, I I mean, I, it's not exactly having your cake and eating it too, because like you said, it is a death in a way. It's a type of death, yeah. it, It is a death in a way, but it, it is a way to get a third option, so to speak. No, Um, yes, definitely. I'm, yes, he's not, this is not the end you know, it's not, right. you know, it's not total final death or oblivion or, you know, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, no, there's a rebirth, but at the cost of, you know, a, a personality, really. As, yeah. There's, there's no other way to put it. Right, right, right. It's not a, it's not a, like, he as a person still exists, but you're right, his personality is different, he's changed, and... And I'm assuming, I, I mean, it would seem impossible for it not to be the case that the relationship with Rose will change. And Jack and whomever else might still be alive. Well, I love Rose's WTF face at the end of like, yeah. what the heck just happened? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, there. I mean, something has to change there. there just even looking different, you can't, they can't relate the same way they always have. Right. Um, and that's not even throwing in any factors of how personality might have changed with the regeneration. But, yeah. wow, um, we need to move on. And so the obvious moving on would be two rows. Okay. Um, which I know we wanted... Well, no, we did want to talk about rows because I want to talk... Like, so there's there's the role reversal here, right? She's the one who ends up saving the day. Like, that seems to me like the big sort of thing to start out with. Um, yeah. And and like we were just saying with with her whole speech in the in the diner, she the change isn't you know that what the TARDIS gives her the change is her attitude. Yeah. And I feel like that that's where I I mean I I'll be honest I'm not entirely sure how the TARDIS works but you know maybe that nobody is so like that might not be you know that big of a deal but like. Right. You know, it seems to me like something couldn't force the TARDIS open. Like, I mean, they go through all that trouble of, you know, trying to pull the panel off and and whatever. And in the end, it ultimately seems like it's not anything that they do, but the persistence of, you know, Rose wanting it. and, 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 And you have to factor in the agency of the TARDIS, too. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like... the. In the end, it's not that they pulled the panel off. It's that the TARDIS opened itself up to them because yeah. because of Rose's persistence and telepathically or whatever, the TARDIS knows what she's trying to do I and realizes. I, I, yeah, I'd put. Realizes that that's, you yeah, know, I'd what. I'd put my money on that, yeah. Um, going on there. But, I mean, of course, the TARDIS doesn't really speak. 
Unless you count what Rose says as she's like possessed by the time vortex, and and uh, and the, as I think, you, I think you can a little bit. Like I think when when it's the bad wolf, I think it's as much Tardis as it is Rose in there. You know, like yeah, when, I don't. When well, and I don't know when because there's lines about I want you safe, my doctor. You kind of have to wonder. I think there's there's a there's a Tardis aspect to those words as well. Um, I could be. I, you know, I hadn't thought of it that way, but that could be. I, I, I was, but you know, then there's the aspect of of the fact that Rose can't physically handle what's going on. So there's something bigger than just her inside there. So maybe yeah. that's what the TARDIS like, and and whatever that is. And then the doctor, you know, it goes into the doctor, and then he sends it back into the TARDIS. So like, I don't, you know, some aspect of the TARDIS's own personality or spirit or whatever um whatever that is that's in her coming through her but it's still it it's through rose you know like through rose colored glasses sure no no, no it's, it's like you like still her. It, you know yeah. you're, you're still seeing it through the filter of rose yeah and, i think so and and um and, and well and she has that line i looked into the tardis and it looked into me yeah um and and the, but the but it's the doctor who says you looked into the time vortex. But I think so. The role reversal is of course her coming in to rescue everyone and save the day, yeah. which is the doctor's normal role there. Yeah. Um, and but it goes directly to again the way that Rose express, expresses that he has shown her a better way to live. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also interesting then where where it goes on there because the doctor almost takes on a sort of odd state where when rose describes being able to see everything i can see everything all that is all that was all that um might be or could be or something i forget exactly how she phrases that but um the doctor kind of steps back and he's like he's almost taken aback like oh well that's what i see all the time and then he says doesn't it drive you mad yeah and like it's interesting That's because, intriguing. like, yeah, it, like, yeah, the doctor's kind of weird, but like, <laughs> like, I, you know, I never got the sense that he was truly like mad, mad like, like yeah. that he's actually being driven, you know, somewhat insane. It, the implication seems to be by, you know, nine hundred years of having a time vortex in your head or whatever, yeah. you know, is the case here. Like that, that seems to be the implication. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know that I'd take it. That no, far. okay, okay. Um, mm, yeah. Well, and and of course, like no, we already I think know, he's demonstrably in control of yeah, himself, yeah, yeah. Well, other than being, um, other than being, but there are moments. Well, I think there there's, are... there's hints of it, but I don't think we should take it so far as to say that he's like. The Cheshire Cat, we're all mad here, and, like, completely, like, nonsensical and without, without self-control and, Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, and and I didn't necessarily mean it that way. There's hints of it. But you get a sense of the struggle. Yeah. That's going on sort of behind the scenes. Yeah. And, and, but the struggle, I mean... 
the implication when he asks Rose, doesn't it drive you mad, is that it does, at least at times. I'm not saying sure. I'm not saying that he's totally bat crazy. You know, whatever crazy, yeah. but he he the implication in that question is certainly that that there are times where he feels now and, and of course everybody feels, you know, a bit mad at times. Yeah. Like not angry mad, but you know, crazy mad. Yeah. And and you get a sense of that even here in the beginning of the episode when you know, he he goes on, you know, almost braggingly about how many languages he's, he speaks and that he can talk forever. And if anyone's going to shut up, it's going to be the Daleks. Like, yeah. there, there's those flashes of, uh, you know, going back and forth emotionally yeah. that, that are triggered. Not, you know, that may not have anything to do with the time vortex. That might just be his, you know, anger with the Daleks. But it's all wrapped up in the time war, yeah. which is certainly part of it and it it seems to me that 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 that's all tied together and that there certainly is there are moments where it's coming through where he does seem almost insane with rage or with you know whatever and 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 again how much of that is anger at the daleks how much is that you know is based on what he can see and experience you know uh because of the time vortex and all of that it's I mean, it's hard to say. And, and, and I was going to say before, we know that, obviously, physiologically... I mean, he's not human. So, physiologically, we know that he's different. He has two hearts and, you know, probably other functions that help him cope better. Um, but he's also been around a long time. Yeah. No, <laughs> uh, subje- I, no, su- I Subjectively, think... a long time. And, you know, objectively, through many different periods of time. So, like, uh, you know, I don't know. It, it, yeah, no, I think I think definitely really intriguing lines. I think because we don't quite know what he means by that and how far to take it and you do get those hints of it, but it's never so much on the surface that we really mm-hmm. get a good sense of what is the internal struggle, you know, right. uh, with you know, he remains aloof enough that you have to just infer all that information. You know, we don't really get. But, yeah, I, I mean, but I, you're right, you're right. But <laughs> there's, that's a big hint. Like, that, oh, yeah. that he can see this stuff. I mean, he says, he says, that's what I can see, too. Like, that's how I am. Yeah. That he can see all these things, um, that Rose is, is seeing. And that's what he sees all the time. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I, pretty big, like it's more than just an implication. It's, it's, no, and I don't mean it's, I don't mean it's implied because he says it. What I mean is, no, yeah, what I don't think it's ever clear to us or to me what exactly that means or what that might actually feel like you know yeah like no and there's and there's lots of there's there's lots of possibilities i mean does yeah. it mean he's constantly able to see the destruction of all his people at any given moment like you know what i mean like is is that part of right the torment that is the doctor right. and maybe it is but right. yeah i mean that's all conjecture one one of the things that i wanted to pick up though go, going back to rose since we seem to have gone back to talking about the doctor <laughs> one of the things though that that we do get a hint of that with Rose is again, when they're in the diner and, and right when she first is sort of expressing her chagrin, she, 
she does have this, this, obviously this is before she looks into the heart of the TARDIS and everything. She has already sort of absorbed that sort of time sense of things that are happening far into the future happening. It's now. Now. Like it's, the doctor's 200 years, 200,000 years into the future, but it's like the fighting is going on now and there's something I can do now to save him. Yeah. And, and I can't just sit here eating chips and talking about pizza shops. Exactly. You know, yeah. like, no, and there's, there is that sense that once you start time traveling, time loses its relevance a little bit in that all times are in some sense present. Yeah, you know? right, and that, and that, right, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. when you can go from one timeline to another, like walking from one room to another, um, then who cares if it happened in the past or the future? It's relevant mm-hmm. to me now, you know. So yeah, and that's and that's a really good point that that's you know like a revelation that she's had as the season has gone on and and the time travel changes the way she sees the world and history and everything yeah yeah and they well and then of course they have that little discussion when they're preparing the delta wave and rose is like well can't you just go back and warn them right you know like why you know why can't we do that and then she's like oh yeah well i figured it was some you know Oh yeah, you can't cross your own time path, blah blah blah. Yeah. And and Yeah, although I do want to say about that that I mean, even in this season, we've already seen the episode Father's Day. Right. Where they go back and do change and meddle and cause paradoxes. So all I would say about that is that I think it's unclear how strict a rule that is. Um and yeah. to what extent that even is either a physical rule or a self-imposed rule or even a rule at all or when when can and can't you directly influence and change your own past that's as much as the doctor definitively says once i land i'm stuck in the timeline keep that an open-ended question yeah no i i definitely got i i sort of took that to mean like big events like this is a big event like this is this is well, the end of the time. Well, yeah, maybe maybe the end of the time. Or I don't know. Daleks seem to be coming back. They're pretty <laughs> resilient. So yeah. who knows? Maybe we'll see them again at some point. But but like this, you know, we're talking about the time war. So it's not there. And it also seems like like what they're talking about is escapist. Yes. Versus yes. going back in time to fix something. Like yeah. Like. Ro- the the way that Rose asks a question, it's more like, isn't there an easier way Can't out? Can't we get and, a get out and, of jail and, free card? And, and the yeah. answer the answer the doctor seems to be giving is no. no <laughs> you, you you have to you have to go through you have what you're going through. Yeah. And and then of course, and then he talks about well, you know, of course, one thing we could do <laughs> is just leave. Yeah, you know, we could go on vacation somewhere and and live out the rest of our lives on an island and you know be together forever till we both die you know yeah but you'd never do that no. but you could ask you could ask no anyway. and that's again another pointer to her attitude having changed that yeah um, right. i mean not that she was ever um 
that selfish to begin with, but if there was ever an aspect of her that would have said, well, doctor, and- just get me out of here. I don't, just send me home. That, that aspect has gone and she's yeah. in it and she's in it with him and she's going to stick with him. And and when I say that she went with him out of selfishness in the first episode, I don't mean that in like the normal sort of like bad way that no, selfishness and I don't is used. I don't either. Yeah. I think it would be a pretty natural reaction to say, this isn't my fault. This is cool. And yeah. 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 yeah and even um, now to be saying like, you know, just, you know, doctor, I, 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 this is more than I, bar- I bargained for, you know, like that would be a forgivable reaction and it doesn't mm-hmm. even occur to her at this point. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and he has to trick her to get out, right. get her out of the way. Well, and um, I think it's a nice echo too of, um, again, of Father's Day of her whole thing with, I mean, before she... Before they go back in time and she gets tempted into trying to save him, um, the mm-hmm. initial impulse with Pete was, I just want to be there for him. That He can't die on his own. Um, and it's and it's more of an impulse of loyalty than anything else. Um, and so, and I think there's a nice echo of that here. Like, I don't think she expects to become the bad wolf and to... Oh no! And to de-atomize the entire Dalek fleet, what she wants to do is be there for him. That he's dying two hundred years in the future by himself, and the least I can do is get back to him. And she has no plan for what she's going to do. It's just about. <laughs> yeah. It's just like about, the doctor. <laughs> exactly. It's just about her sort of fierce loyalty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, I, I I think that's all. That all makes sense. Um, all right. So we have 15 minutes left. All right. What in, else in our time about, about this. I, so, I, I mean, we, I kind of feel like we need to talk about the Daleks in the Time War. Um, although I do want to talk about other characters, too. But, like, let's talk about the Daleks because, I mean... They're back. They're, they're back. Um, and, and more closely connected to the human race than even the last time, yeah. right? So, like, the last time it was... Oh, Rose touched me, and I used some of her DNA to help regenerate me. Now we learn that, like, this whole Dalek army is people. You know, Daleks are people. Yeah. Um, Right, and that's what they've been snatching people from the games for is... Yeah, well, and not just from the games, but it seems like much longer than that. Because he talks about, like, the, you know, basically the marginalized... The, the cream of the marginalized crop, right. you know, so to speak. Um, you know, the ones who are most hateful in, because of, but, you know, possibly for good reason, you know, because they've been marginalized and because they've been killed or whatever. Like, it seems like that's where we're getting this army of, of evil, hateful creatures. Um, but, of course, there's the emperor. So, like, he's... I mean, yeah, he has all these little minions who tell you not to interrupt by interrupting um, and that sort of thing. But, like, the Emperor, so he was and always has been the Emperor. Like, is, is I mean, is he, or like, are we to expect that he's at least as old as the Doctor himself? Like, is that sort of the implication we're given? Or it, what do we know about him? I don't know, to be honest okay. with you. I'm, I... 
I think there is some mythology in the show as to where the Daleks came from. Mm -hmm. um, but whether the, the Emperor of the Daleks, if that means he's the first Dalek or the oldest or, um, okay. or exactly what his backstory is, I'm not 100% sure. Okay. Yeah, and and even here they he you know the doctor refers to what they call him on the Dalek home world. So we know right that they came from some I mean obviously they came from somewhere but like you know what I mean like it's Yeah, okay. So you don't you don't know. Um At, about the emperor himself, I don't. Um Has he has Google. the emperor appeared in Doctor Who before? Do like do you know Getting on Google. In, in in classic who? Okay, you don't know offhand. Uh, um, so. Uh, okay, he has appeared before. Okay. One of the first Daleks. Um, yeah, yeah, he has. He's from the classic show, kind of a chief Dalek who assumed control for himself um and sort of styles himself as the emperor okay and well and now he literally is because he now was the only one to survive right. and, and now and now not only is army. he the emperor but he's the god of the right Daleks. he's an emperor god right yeah right right he's like a pharaoh yeah um so and and you know so again you know more impl implications of 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 kind of the connections between the Daleks and the Doctor too, not just the Dalek and humanity, but the Daleks and the Doctor. Um, I mean, he he says, "I want you. I want to see you become like me." Yeah. Hail the Doctor, the great the exterminator. The great exterminator. Oh, that's great. Just and a great line. And, and it's and, all a big setup again for the doctor to have to make the same choice as in the time war of, I mean, as we've been led to understand his right. actions in the time war were, uh, you know, taking, wiping out the Daleks, but in the process, wiping out the time wars. And again, yeah. it's the same choice of I can defeat the Daleks and himself. I mean, it's not like he's doing this, with any expectation that he's going to survive, but that he's going to take out most, if not all of humanity as well. And I yeah. mean, there's the rest of the universe and how many species to think of, but it's, it's that same choice. And he makes a different yeah. choice this time. Right. It's really right. Well, interesting. And especially with what his words are is when, when he says, you know, um, are you, you know, Dalek, it says, are, are you a coward or a killer? And, and there's that, you know, long pregnant pause. Mm -hmm. And, and then he says a coward any, any time. Yeah. And, and you, but you know that, no, that's not true. Not like, every time. There was, yeah. there, there, there was a point where you were the killer. Yeah. Oh, or at least that's the implication. I mean, yeah. again, yeah, the, sure. the implication isn't that he's just the only one to survive, but that no, he, did he it. caused. Yeah the deaths of everyone else yeah. and of not just the Daleks, but of his own people too. So yeah, it's, yeah, there's a lot, a lot there in that statement. Um, yeah, no, and, you're definitely getting a reference back to that. And 
and him not giving the full story because that you're right. It's not always, you know, he doesn't always make this choice. Um, right. But this time or at he least, does. There's at least been one one instance yeah. that we know of for sure where where there's a choice that went the other way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that whole Dalek episode was sort of about trying the Dalek trying to compare the Doctor to himself, and are mm-hmm. we really so different? Um, right. No, but I think, again, like Rose, like we've seen her change over the season. I think we've seen this incarnation of the Doctor change over the season. And not like he started out some crazed homicidal lunatic and now he's, like, peaceful or anything. Like, I don't think it's that much of a of a shift. But he, by the end, you know, after all we've heard about or had implied about his actions in the Time War, that this time he makes a different choice when presented with the same dilemma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, so, and maybe you don't want to tell me, is is this really, like, the end of the Time War? Like, is it done now? Are we just, or, um, or, or, I or, think, or, I, I, I think I'll say yes. I think I won't promise that we won't ever see the Daleks again. <laughs> all right. Or all that right. or that the time war won't continue to be hugely significant in Oh yeah. You know, in its repercussions and, you know, so but I think I think this is kind of the final sort of act of the time war. Um, well, and and yeah, I mean, to say that we would never see Daleks again, of course, again, yeah. we're traveling through time. Like, and yeah. Kind of like saying yeah. you'll never see vampires again once Buffy kills the master or something. Like, right, you know. right. Um, <laughs> Which we're going to talk about yeah. in a few minutes. <laughs> so, yeah, but, but I think more or less this is kind of like, you know, what, what if, if these things are revisited, it's more in terms of their their consequences and their repercussions then it, okay. I think this is kind of the first season is the arc of it is part of it is that, um, you know, the closure on the time war. Right. Um, so there may be some other skirmishes, but this is kind of the yeah. deciding battle. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, so. I mean, okay. I, I think right. you could even quarrel whether this is part of the time war, you know. Well, I mean, so, Rose says in her possessed yeah, state, yeah. she says this is the end yeah. of the time. So you know, I think time you can take ends. that kind of like, at face value. Um, it, it, it's it's the definitive, and and at that point, she's able to see all of time. So like, yeah. <laughs> that's the implication yeah. <laughs> is that yeah, like this is this is it. Yeah, um, you are tiny, she tells the the Dalek Emperor. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, so, in the last couple minutes here, wanted to touch on a few of the other characters. Yeah. Jack, of course, we already talked about his goodbyes and, and his faith in, faith in the Doctor, which is cool. I mean, his, his character arc certainly happened a lot faster than, you know, the others. Because, yeah. you know, he's only been around a few episodes. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I, I mean, Jack's just such a great character. <laughs> he, he, he His whole, like, you know, speech about, you know... If you hear us dying, then you can tell me that there's no Daleks. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but like just his ingenuity, too, of, you know, using the android to go up against the Daleks. And yeah, of course, which I was thinking about. I'm like, well, but it, it, the android is just she's just transferring matter. Right. Like it's isn't it a transmat? Oh, that's true. Thing? Yeah. So like they're well, just maybe he's she just has like 
displacing the the Daleks to somewhere else. Which I mean, maybe she has a kill setting fine. or something. Yeah, which is fine. But yeah, like the the implication was that, I mean, because she transfers Rose to the Dalek ship, so yeah. he's like, he's just sending the Daleks back home, basically. Right. Right. <laughs> um, Unless but, he you know, did a little jiggery pokery to. Right. Right. Know. Well, that's true. I mean, he he is a jigger poker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so but like. Um, this the his whole last stand uh, so you know he's backing down the hall he's got his automatic weapon runs out of ammo does the quintessential you know uh commissioned officer thing and pulls out his sidearm and yeah. starts using that and then um we get a reenactment of his sort of the end is here he doesn't have his martini but he's you know able to just sort of accept it accept with grace it, yeah and and puts his hands out, not quite cross-like, but and, not and, but, uncross-like but, either. But, yeah. but but very sacrificial, yeah. and and you know allows himself to be taken and is resurrected later. Yeah. Oh, resurrected but, by the bad wolf. By the bad wolf. By Rose. Yeah. I. We're done talking about Rose. Um, the the look on his face when he realizes though that the doctor has left him behind yeah oh yeah i know man poor jack i know i i'm assuming it's not the last we'll see of captain jack harkness but i you know i it's just that's so horrible that and, was a wrench and, yeah and i'm assuming the doctor didn't know that he was alive uh i will not confirm or deny that at this point okay i i mean I assume Rose does because she, as she's saying, "I give life," is when Jack comes back yeah. to life. So, right. but no, Rose is she's like, unconscious. Screw and, that! I'm bringing Jack back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, but she's you know the doctor's like taking her into the TARDIS to like, yeah, regenerate and stuff, right. and then regenerating and stuff. So like, right. yeah, I don't. And I mean, she's maybe, kind of out of it. She's sort of. Right, right, right. So, so like, we can't not, really yeah. blame her at this point. But, like, yeah, I don't know if, I, I guess, I, maybe maybe it's a bad assumption that I think the doctor didn't know. But I, I, feel, I feel bad about you. Because no, no one else is alive. Right. Rose didn't bring anyone else back. No. That we know of. Certainly not Linda. No, Linda. I know. I know. I noticed that, too. Oh. Yeah, oh, poor my Linda. Goodness. Yeah, well, and of course, given that look that Rose gave her earlier when, like, she and the doctor almost tugged. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, like... And when Linda... Did you notice that part where Linda says some, you know, standard companion thing, like, yeah, we'll try that. And then and Rose is about to say the same thing, and she gets this look on her face, like, did you just step on my line? Like, <laughs> I, which, I like... Which, of I course... I enjoy Rose's... She can be very... She can be kind of a bitch when she wants to be. With, uh, with the number of guys that Rose has invited to come back to the TARDIS, I don't think she point. has any no. room to, you know, no, really but be there. But she is human, and uh, and I <laughs> and have to say and, I enjoy her kind of cattiness when it and, when and, it pops up. And jealous in the proper sense of wanting to protect yes. what she has, protect <laughs> her doctor, her property. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. No, no I, I feel. I mean, Linda, poor Linda. She she gets left behind. Yeah. She she so wanted to get make and, it out of and, there. Uh, 
a, a, you know, we noted the doctor's promise last week to get her out alive. And, uh, exactly. And it exactly. wasn't, he, he couldn't keep that one. No. That's interesting yeah. and unfortunate. Yes. Um, Mickey. Yeah. Comes close to being likable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, he's, I mean, he seems less clingy. Um, yeah, well, he, and, he, and I, I like that part where Rose says to him, you know, he showed you too. And he doesn't disagree. Mm. Like, you know, I, I don't think he's on a hundred percent on board with the travel and the adventure like Rose is, but he doesn't deny that he, he kind of takes it when Rose says he showed you too. He's kind of like, hmm, yeah. You know, like there's part of him that yeah. has been, there's a, the, a new experience, which was right, right, opened right. up for him. Right. And he helps her. She, he, I love it. I love it when she goes, there's nothing left for me here. And he goes, really? She goes, no. No. <laughs> like, no. no. Yeah. And then like, he, and then he finally just says, yeah, okay. no, it's something clicks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Something for him clicks there. And then Rose later after that, Rose is like, well, maybe I should give up. And he's like, no, what? No, you're not giving up now. Excuse me. Now that you've already, yeah. like, you admitted that there's nothing yeah. here. No, you have to go. Yeah. Like, you are leaving. This is not an option anymore. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah. Like, he he does at least come to that point that he should have been at in the first episode. Okay. <laughs> but, um, you know, I suppose it's a better late than never situation. Yeah. Um, and I think and something similar with Jackie as well. I, um, I was just going there. So, yes. Yeah. So, she says that she's hated the doctor, but she loves him for putting Rosa's safety first. Um, yeah. And and I think it's the story about Pete that really, and seeing Pete's uh, positivity, maybe to a fault in Rose, that convinced yeah. her convinces her you know to well, go and you get almost wonder, truck and you, you know yeah well biggest question of the episode who the freak is rodrigo uh and why does he have a truck that jackie is what, able to get what and what favor, does he owe her what favor did she do him <laughs> maybe maybe this is another secret point. of jackie's past that we don't yeah we don't want to touch on that one all right anyway so uh yeah no with pete and 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 jackie you almost get the sense that she's been telling herself all, that the things that she's been telling Rose, she has come to believe herself. Like it's no longer a story to protect Rose from, you know, the evils of her father, but it's like the story she's telling is to protect Jackie from remembering how Pete really was yeah. and the fact that she loved him and probably at one time loved him for the things that she came to despise in him later. Yeah. Um, because it was those things that, or, or, you know, or in spite of those things that she did, or love, in spite of loved right, right, his loved the you know adventurous and undefeatable spirit. Now that doesn't excuse or you know uh, maybe she had good reason to despise other aspects sure. of his personality, but sure, but he she's seeing the positive in Rose. Yeah, she sees that in Rose, and and is you know what you're right, he would have done. He was always doing these sorts of things. Yeah. Um, man, but I really want to know who Rodrigo is and why Jackie owes him, or why he owes Jackie a favor. Yeah, don't um, don't spend too much time on that. No, I I I wasn't. Gonna. 
Um, <laughs> anyway, so I, I think I had one or two notes just kind of about technology and the space station, but they're not real, real important. Just yeah. Um, yeah, whatever. I but so. I think you wanted to say something real quick before we move on about our next steps, because we are at the end of the season. And I know Doctor Who has some interesting things that happen kind of between seasons that, uh, yeah. That you want to yeah, explain, so, so I just want to real quick clarify for everyone the episode sequence so that people who are watching along don't get confused. Um, so the next episode is called The Christmas Invasion. Um, it's the 2000, so the series, first series aired in 2005. So it's the 2005 Christmas special. So there, okay. whenever the season ended, June or whatever, there was a break. And then there's a single special episode on, which aired on Christmas Day um, mm-hmm. in the evening and uh, was the first one in the show's history to do that and uh, I guess was successful enough that it's been a tradition. They've done one every single year um, since then. Um, so this is the first one. So um, okay. I would tell everyone, make sure the next episode you're watching is called The Christmas Invasion because different services may list the episodes differently. So, like, if you're watching it on Netflix or on DVD or somewhere else, they list The Christmas Invasion as the first episode of Season 2. So it should be the next in your viewing order. But if you're getting this through Amazon Prime or other less legitimate services, they may separate the specials out from the pack. So you don't just want to blunder onto season two and skip over the episode. So um, make sure you're watching The Christmas Invasion. If that's not complicated enough for you, before you watch the full episode, um, there there is a short prequel. It's about five or ten minutes long, um, which was filmed for charity. They sort of do these for children in need is this charity in the UK. And over the holidays, they sort of do... A kind of telethon events um, and shows will film little special things to view and then people call in and donate money um, and Doctor Who sometimes will do this um, sometimes they're little skits or funny you know shorts this one is pretty relevant to the plot um, so uh, you know and I think is pretty much you know the first scene really it's like the prequel and then the episode starts you can watch it as one thing so Mm. important to start with that because i think we'll want to include that as part of our discussion of the next episode so um that is widely available on youtube i will post it to the show notes the website the facebook page twitter everything so that nobody needs to go looking or get confused or watch the wrong thing so that's all, you know, just make sure you watch the short film first and then the Christmas episode. And that's it. All right. <laughs> and now with no segue whatsoever, we'll no. talk about Buffy. Talk about Buffy. <laughs> Good. I have to start now. Okay. Um, what did I want to talk about? Um, so, season premiere. Season two. woo Yeah. Very exciting. Um, it is. So. Um, Buffy's back. Buffy's and, back. Oh. Uh, so season premiere written and directed by Joss as we'd expect Um, both you know kind of a continuation and wrap up of the last season 
reminding us of who and where the characters are, what was going on, and bringing some closure, and also putting some demons literally to rest, and <laughs> clearing the air before we embark on season two. So, and, and we're not talking about, you know, lust or thrift. No, not personal <laughs> demons. Uh, so, um, so I want to talk a little bit about the title, um, and then kind of use that to get talking about the characters um because this is really all about buffy so when she was bad the she of the title is buffy and it really comes from i don't know that it's it's kind of a paraphrase um it really comes from that scene with her parents where um her Mm -hmm. dad says at least when she was blowing up buildings i knew what to say Um, (laughs) right so The implication to me, it's like the unspoken second half of the sentence is, when she was bad, you know, I knew how to talk to her. Um, So the idea of the title being, when she was bad, I knew how to talk to her. So there's this weird inverse correlation between her badness and her goodness in a way. (laughs) That when she was misbehaving and being crazy... That was, in some sense, the real her that we could talk to and understand and relate to. And this new, cold, mean Buffy is something different. And nobody really knows how to talk to this Buffy. Um, Right. And I I did think there was a little parallel between her and the Doctor because both of our heroes have died and come back, in some sense, different. I mean, the Doctor literally... Um, but Buffy, again, death isn't, I mean, it is like the doctor in the sense that she dies, but then comes back. So there's a sense of getting out of the consequences of that. But, but also like the doctor, there's, there's consequences. There's a price to be paid for that. It's not just undoing it like it never was. And everything's back to normal that she comes back with a lot of trauma and baggage and things that she has to deal with. Um, Right. So, you know, there's a noticeable change in her character. Um, Yeah. So, interesting. Interesting direction. And I I feel like I kind of saw a hint of that at the end of the, the last episode. I didn't really bring it up, but after she's... I mean, there's the obvious things of when she comes back, she says, I feel good, I feel strong. You know, she's, she feels physically different. Right. But I feel ready, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but even after that, her response to the Master being defeated wasn't one of um, joy or triumph or relief. And nobody's was, really. Like, that wasn't a huge celebratory. Everyone was pretty, like subdued and okay let's just go even though she says we let's go party they don't really right. seem like they're in the partying kind of mood but right but she in particular seemed very quiet she was sort of crying for no uh, clearly you know discernible reason um she seemed like she was going through some sort of internal grieving process or you know that she was sort of processing something so mm-hmm. I think that was a nice kind of setup. You know, she didn't have a meltdown or anything, but it was a nice kind of hint as to what we can expect in the next episode, um, where she's spent the summer by herself, 
with nobody to talk to and brooding and right. working on this Joan Collins toot, as Cordelia puts it. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Um, cool. It's a good, a good, interesting direction. I like that it's not just shrugged off as, well, Buffy died and everything, and now things are back to normal. But no, there's actually real consequences to that. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely right. That it's two things. So it's it's the death as well, and but there's also the aspect of it, um, right? The so you mentioned her last words about you know let's go party whatever. But of course, what does she say? She goes, "He's not going anywhere." Yeah. But of course, well, that's what the episode is about here. Is that well, no, maybe the master will come back, and and she gets. You know, we we understand that obviously this is something on her mind. In one of her dreams, Xander says dreams are meaningful. Yeah. And of course, what are the things that she's dreaming about? It's the master, yeah. right? All of her dreams are about the master, yeah. and 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 her dying again. Um, that there is going to be some kind of retribution for her killing the master, and that the, and and not just some retribution, but that. It's going going to be at his hand that there is actually something happening here, and of course they come to find out. Oh, wait! It actually is possible for the master to come back if you know these certain conditions are met. Which oh, oops! Almost all of them are. Yeah. So like you know, we better hurry up and and try to stop it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no, I think that's it's it's partly her death, but it's also partly his death, and she has that sort of that that throw throwaway line of um you know we killed each other it really promotes togetherness right <laughs> like when they're trying to figure out who the closest to the master is and she thinks of course of it's her um so you know it, 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 it it's it's not just the dying but it's it's the living and which one is living and are they both still alive in some way too you know it's it it's it's how how do we get some resolution here? And, and because it's all about her fighting undead things and, and things coming back to life. So, you know, um, that's all part of it. I think too, it's that, well, you mentioned her going off and brooding all summer, which is, yeah, I mean, that's it. And it's, she comes back and it's, it's all about her, right? It's, did you miss me? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it's, it's, um, you know, did did you have fun without me? And well, Willow says yes, but Xander's like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> you know. And and yeah, the thing the thing is though, like she's, I mean, she does kind of ask him, oh, you know, did you have fun? But it's the without me, without me, right? It's it is so focused on her. She's been away all summer, focusing on herself. Yeah. She's been focusing on what her problems are. She's been focusing on how she died and the master you know, is going to possibly come back and get hurt, (laughs) you know, like it's, so I think that's part of it too, that the focus is just so much on her own problems and her own self. And, and so, you know, she's not really caring about her friends in the way that she had come to, you know, by the end of the season. Ah, which brings me to my, uh, my uh, segment of the week of Buffy as the heart that okay. her function 
what she should do is care for other people and that that's when she's at her best that's and that's the the thing which is missing this week is Mm. her compassion and kindness and patience for other people which are really her defining characteristics Mm -hmm. like as much as the slayer she's the one who cordelia can say a million mean things to her and she never takes the bait and this time she does completely unprovoked um cordelia is even most mostly mostly unprovoked yeah cordelia (laughs) is even i mean cordelia is telling her your secret safe with me she's complimenting her and 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 sincerely and sincerely i mean well mostly sincerely like and buffy (laughs) calls her a moron that's her response to this um right well and even even the the you know cordelia's greeting is the three musketeers and they're like taken aback they're like no actually three musketeers are kind of cool and and like she's like well yeah i was i I know (laughs) i i didn't mean it as an insult i meant it just because you guys are always together she meant it as a compliment yeah i mean yeah even if she kind of thought she meant it as an insult she's kind of like i see your point actually you are pretty cool um yeah or and well, or at least, or at least that she, yeah, she, she wasn't trying to bring them, them down. She respects them, whether or not they're cool by high school standards. Right. <laughs> she knows they, yeah. Yeah. No, I think you can read that as a sort of backhanded compliment, um, and, um, and and another, her, you know, promising to keep it secret and be loyal to them. And Buffy's yeah, response... Yeah, that seemed really sincere And Buffy's response to this is to insult her. Um, and again, with her friends, I mean, she's doing the same things. I mean, she's completely... She's snapping at Willow. She's snapping at Giles. She's completely taking advantage of Xander. Um, mm. and, and the theme starts to become... Uh, taking advantage of Xander to hurt Angel. Like it's oh, not yeah. even just like she's taking advantage of Xander, but it's no, no, to get at another of, of her allies. Taking at advantage least. Yeah. of what she knows is his weakness for her, to get what you know to, yeah, to get what she wants, which is to make is to hurt Angel's feelings and to make him jealous and to right, you know, right. Um, and she's killing like half a dozen birds with one stone. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it's hurting Willow in the process as well, because she's perfectly right. aware that of how Willow feels. And up until now, it's always been, like, even though she said no to Xander because she doesn't really feel that way about him, she also said no to Xander because she knows it would tear the group apart. That that's for Willow's sake, too. You know, yes. it's Buffy that's worried about how Willow feels. Xander's the one who's like, she's not looking to date you. Buffy knows that. She What she's worried about is... If two of us get together, there goes the group. Um, and this time, she really couldn't care less about the consequences yeah. of that. Um, and I think well, by and- the end, Xander's point to her is, he says, if you'd worked with us for five minutes, you could have stopped this. And and right. the lesson is, don't... And Cordelia says the same thing. You know, you have to stick together. You have to work as a team. And... Especially, or, or you won't even have the loser friends. Exactly, yeah. and <laughs> and for Buffy especially, I think, like we've talked about, Xander, his function being in his loyalty and in his sort of cheerleading aspects, Willow maybe more in her analytical skills, and 
and Buffy, I think, really, I mean, besides the physical, what she can do, I think mm-hmm. really when she's at her best is when she's caring for other people. And usually she doesn't have a problem with that. Um, well, and it's and it's the very moment where she she's pushing them away. Yeah. Um, you know, that, well, like you said, like Xander brings up, you know, if you just listen to us and talk to us for five minutes, it, you know, but she refused, she even refuses to accept the fact that it's a trap. Yeah. You know, um, that's going, you know, Will is like, well, what about this other message? The one that says this is a trap, yes, like, this is a trap. you know, yeah. whatever. And, and again, Buffy's thinking about herself. She's thinking I can handle any trap that they throw at me yeah well and she has all these repeated lines about i'm ready this is my fight i'm the strongest it's and this is all yeah can we leave the citizens out of it this is all trying to convince herself that she can handle it she doesn't need anybody else mm -hmm. and she says to angel that she doesn't trust him and i think the larger point is that she doesn't trust anybody that that's her real problem in this episode you know, and maybe that's the fear of what she's gone through, you know, and the fear of it happening again is right. that she's going to be facing it on her own, you know. Well, which the weird perverse and, reaction to that is to push other people away. <laughs> right. And is it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, is it that she doesn't trust them or that she doesn't trust herself to be able to save them if, if they're put in trouble? But I tend to think you're right. I tend I, to think that both. it's. I think I think it could, it, it be, could both. be both. Yeah. I I think probably the primary one though is is like you were saying that it's. You know she's she seems to be more focused on herself. If it's if she's thinking about the others at all, it's that they'll only get in my way kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which I believe she even says something almost to that very effect. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No. That's all all very I think you're right I think that's spot on with with how she comes back and how she's handling it and I think the hard part is or the complex part is that she's not altogether wrong in the way she's feeling because you know again the master is a very real danger yeah and and these dreams that she's having you know we've seen her have dreams before Mm mm-hmm and they've been sort of portentous and whatever. So it's, again, in her dream, when Xander says dreams are meaningful. Yeah. I don't, I think that just because it's a dream, we shouldn't dismiss that. Of you know, like, not. No. like it's, I, it's, I thought, it's, I thought it was really interesting. And maybe I'm reading too much into it. I don't know what to read into it. So you can maybe tell me what you think. I thought it was really interesting that it was Giles that was the master in the dream. Like, I mean, and I have it on Xander's authority that dreams are meaningful. So (laughs) then I think... Dream dream Xander, anyway. I think then that makes me want to analyze the dream, you know? So it's it's not just the master coming back, but it's, you know, again, with this trusting issue of it's not being able to trust the people close to her, you know, that it's... It's not just fear of the master, it's that Giles rips his face off and is the master and is trying to strangle her. Mm-hmm. And Xander and Willow 
are sitting eating their snacks and doing nothing. Yeah, doing nothing. Yeah. Completely oblivious, ignoring yeah. the situation. Yeah. 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 So, you know, whether, I mean, maybe the fact that it's Giles doesn't tell us much about her relationship with Giles. Maybe it's just that it's the people close to her are either unable or willfully not helping her. Um, well, and it's, you know, and it sort of becomes this vicious cycle, right? Because we hear from Willow right at the beginning that Buffy had sent a few postcards or whatever and then kind of cut off all contact. Yeah. And and then, oh, well, have you talked to Giles yet? Well, why would I do that? Mm-hmm. I'll just wait till I'm at school, you know, until I can't avoid it anymore, basically. Yeah. And, you know, and just like, they, like you know, it, and it escalates, you know. But then I think we get at the end there, we kind of see that insight into what she's been thinking all along where she's like, well, you know, they're, they're never going to forgive me. What am I supposed to say? Sorry, I almost got your throat slit. What's the homework? You know, like, you know, like, but you almost see that having started back at the beginning of the summer, right? Like almost the moment she's walking away from the master, it begins, you know, her withdrawal from the rest of the group. Um, yeah, no, she's and, clearly shook up, but it's it, but it's keeping it completely internal. And and even her father says, like, he didn't. She didn't spend a lot of time with him either. So it's not even like, oh, I'm going to spend the summer with my dad in L.A. It's, I'm going to spend the summer in L.A. I'm going to sleep in my father's house and not have any contact with anyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it is that withdrawal. Um, too that I think you know again you see it, it it progresses it progresses it progresses until she has that cathartic moment when she can finally get rid of the master's bones and and the implication there of course is that this was the thing sort of bothering her all along the thing that she didn't know how to deal with yeah um but you know not that that's an excuse for the way that she behaves, but mm-hmm. it is at least an explanation of why she, you know, why she feels like she's the one having the dreams. The other ones aren't having dreams. Right. And so maybe that's part of it. Maybe she just feels like she is the only one who can deal with it because. Well, and there's an aspect of that, which is true. I mean, that she is the yeah. slayer. They're not the slayer. So right. she is, right. there's a loneliness to that, you know, which yeah. is perfectly no, absolutely. legitimate. Um, I like at the end the way she says that she was a moron because that's a nice callback to the word she used yeah, for Cordelia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yep. And Giles, yeah, no, that's... and Giles, this isn't the worst mistake you'll ever make and she just looks horrified. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I guess may- maybe we'll try to remember that and see if there's any worse ones right, come up. Right, right. Um, but, uh, I would just, I would have to say if it was the worst mistake she ever made, then it wouldn't be a very interesting series. So I don't know if that answers the question, but. um, No, and I think that's Giles being, that's his way of saying, look, we all have times when we're cruel to the people that, you know, that. Right, right. Yeah, you made a mistake in terms of falling for the trap and everything, but really the mistake is being mean to the people that you're close to. And everyone's done that, and you'll do it again, and it's not the end of the world, you know. I think 
his kind of avuncular way of saying it's okay, you know, in his kind of bumbling way that actually makes her feel worse about it than better. But you know what he's trying to say. He gets yeah. his points for yeah, effort. Yeah. 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 Um, and of course, her friends take her right back. Aww. Good, good, good old Willow's right there to, you know, say, "Hey, Buffy, we saved a seat for you." Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, we were saying that kind of the. I don't mean this in like a, in a bad way, but the the kind of full house moment at the end of like. Right. 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 You know, we've had we've learned our lesson, and the soothing, chipper music plays, and. We fade right. out on them, sort of, you know, everybody's talking, everybody's friends again. Yeah. Which I liked. I liked that ending. Yeah. No, it's it's good. And it's definitely Willow. And definitely... <laughs> and, well, and, and... And definitely and, a and, nice release, I think, after all the bitterness of the earlier, of the rest of the episode, you know? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And, and it... Of course, kind of confirms that Buffy's just kind of been like her her fears have been sort of off base all along because like they don't make her beg, they don't make her ask yeah. or say sorry or you know anything like that. Um, it's just she walks in and they're happy that she's there and willing to come sit next to them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but Willow and Xander. Willow and Xander. They so. Um, have their Started ups and with downs. an interesting opening scene. Didn't yeah. see that coming in the first minute. No. No, I didn't. You mean all the movie references, of course. Of, of course. No. Yeah. Right. Trivia is a completely unexpected way to open the season. Oh, okay. No, yeah. of course I mean the fact that they are leaning in and mm-hmm. it get interrupted. Their romantic <laughs> moment. Gets interrupted by a vampire. See, now, um, Xander should have said, you need a doctor. And then yeah. they would have sealed the deal. He just missed the cool, uh, the cool lead-in line. Which, you know, may not be the last time Xander misses the cool lead-in. <laughs> but, um, the, yeah, no. Um, I mean, obviously they've known each other for a long time. Yeah. And they're out for a nice not quite romantic stroll along the graveyard yeah. at night um, and eating ice cream yeah. with plenty of fun and whimsy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Perfect. Perfect sort of little setup. Yeah. Uh, yep. And Xander does the little boy thing of teasing the girl, you know, mm-hmm. as a lead into a way to flirt and yeah. Yeah. Push the, ice cream on the nose kind of thing. And she oh, and little... she's disappointed that he doesn't lick it off. But a big blood-sucking fiend interrupts them. Yeah. Um, and then Buffy, too. Uh, no, and, and Buffy's back, and then instantly everyone reverts to their... Right. To their normal way of being, which is that... We said that she said, did you have fun? And Willow says yes, and Xander says no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and right, Xander pining for Buffy and Willow pining for Xander yeah. and Buffy just kind of ignoring both yeah, of them. Everyone assumes um, their natural position, yeah. Yeah, and and, yeah. and he keeps saying it was the most boring summer ever. It was no fun. 
you know. Right, right. So, right. yeah, poor Willow. Poor Willow. And then later, when she tries to recreate, she tries to recreate the... the moment, and he is not having it. No. No, I know. Yeah. It's very unfortunate. I mean, he seems to have moved on a little bit. He does seem more um, more accepting of the fact. If, if not completely unhopeful, well, you know, it, that he kind of agrees that her being possessed is a more likely uh, situation than her being attracted to him. He doesn't right, right. take that too hard. He even, I thought, looked a little uncomfortable when she was dancing with him. Like, oh, a lot uncomfortable. Yeah, like, yeah. like this is kind of cool, but also I'm kind of terrified at the same time. Because he knows that this is totally out of character. Right, yeah. No, he, he knows this is not the way the world actually works. Yeah. Um, at least his world. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I mean, and I'm glad that he gives her what for when she comes back yes. and everyone's gone. Like he Well, he gives her what for a couple times and interestingly. Well yeah, it's but always, I mean they're particularly but But yes. it's always in relation to Willow, which is interesting. Mm. Um that mm. he he she snaps at Willow when they're in the cafeteria and that's when he yeah. goes, Hey, you know, like quit it. And then a, and then again uh the line about if they hurt Willow, I'll kill you. Which is pretty, a pretty strong pretty statement from Xander. Right. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, Which is so it's nice. I mean, I feel kind of the same. I mean, I like it when he's loyal to her and stands up for her. But I also feel like it's the same thing as in the pack, which is she's kind of whipped by him, and and he's. You know, nobody touches my willow except for me. You know, so it's still that thing of he's perfectly willing to defend her from other people, but still not quite getting that what he does is hurtful. So when he says it's a boring summer, he's not thinking about (laughs) the fact that that means that he was bored hanging out with Willow waiting for right, Buffy. Right, right. Yeah. Right, Willow's thinking, wait, you've been spending all your with time me. this summer with me. <laughs> yeah. And that was boring to you? Like, yeah. Yeah. No, so, I mean, um, I, I don't begrudge the fact that he is standing up for her, but I don't think he's also totally tuned in yet to her feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and uh, and of course Willow's reverted a little bit too from her rejection of him. Yeah. Um, right. Right. You know, yeah. back back when when she was like, no, what you know, you think that I want to go to a dance and watch you sit around wishing you were with her? Of course not. But now you know they've had the summer, spent the summer together. There might be something starting up, and then Buffy's back, and Willow, like you said, reverts right back to yeah where she was. So it's. Yeah, Sad yeah. And unfortunate. Yeah. But um, I, I, I think two steps forward, you know, one step back, yeah. I, I, I think the thing with Xander though is that he's he's ignorant or at least somewhat um blind or, or whatever you want to call that. You know, but he does there is a genuine affection there. Like oh, I mean yeah. it's not like like he's not like playing her, you know what I mean? Like, no, I oh, don't I think just so. wanna, you know, 
you know, I want Willow to, you know, stick around or whatever. No, like, I mean, he's he, not, he, he genuinely... He's not using her like Buffy was using him. Like, where it's a manipulation. In this episode, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, no. So, I just want to say that, because I don't... Yeah, I agree. I, I, think, I think part of it's cluelessness. I mean, you know... I think probably on a subconscious level, he he notices that she's there. It's it's maybe just the unwillingness to. <laughs> he may the, the, notice the, she's there. I don't know. No. Well, I no, mean, I, I, I think yeah. I, I think it's the unwillingness to to take that extra logical step, yeah. like you said, to say that the things that I do actually hurt her because, you know, because I am sort of pulling the tether every now and then, yeah. you know, so to speak. Yeah. So. No, but I think his reaction to Buffy being mean to her is completely visceral. It's a, excuse me, you don't talk to Willow like that, you know. Yeah. Like that that's well, a. Yeah. Completely visceral in a body sort of way. In a in a in an impulsive body sort of yeah like that that's his that's not a calculated you know yeah. that's an impulsive defense of someone that he does care yeah. about. So I totally agree with you. Yeah, the 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 I'll I'll kill you isn't a a cold, you know, assessment of his fighting ability against Buffy's fighting ability. Nope. It's yeah, it's completely in the moment, yeah. emotional. Yeah. Like yeah, I'll, and, I'll and swing my arm at you and you'll kill me, but I'll and kill you. Born of a like you said, a genuine affection and a real loyalty for mm-hmm. Willow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And and of course, so then their back and forth is easily compared to Buffy and Angel's back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> um, here, the, can I come in as I'm already standing in your room? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I, is the vampire invitation like a standing invitation? So once he's been invited in, he right. can just come in now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's invited him in. Yeah. So it's, it's, so he can make, can come in whenever he can, he can do the pop in whenever he feels like it. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, and there's other rules and nuances to all that that'll crop up kind of over the series, or and some of them crop up in Angel as well, in the series Angel. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there's there's some quid pro quos and, and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, generally speaking, you, you invite a vampire into your home yeah. once, and they can come in again and again. Okay, good to know. Um, <clears throat> but... You know, it's funny. Like you get, you you get Buffy voicing the thing that Xander voiced back in in at the end of season one, where you know Xander goes to get Angel, and he's like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna say it pretty straight here for you. I don't like you. You're a vampire. Yeah. You know, pretty much at the end of the day, you're a vampire." Yeah. And that's almost exactly the same thing that Buffy says to him. You, you know, Angel says, "Why are you riding me? Because I don't trust you. You're a vampire." Yeah. And it's. Of course, we don't actually believe that that's the case with Buffy. I, she she kind of puts on this whole lying persona. You know, oh, yeah. you interrupted me from a great dream. Well, no, you were just getting choked by your mentor slash master, yeah. you know, guy. Like, we know that you weren't dreaming anything really good. But Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it's, I don't it's know. that whole thing of her, again, that cycle of she feels alone and afraid and then she pushes people away and then the, res- the, the response to that is to yeah push people even further yeah yeah 
Um, so yeah, so uh, you know, but to Angel's credit, he at least goes with her this time mm-hmm. without having to be threatened by Xander. Xander did a lot of threatening in the last couple episodes. Yeah, um, yeah it's true. But but Angel sticks to her anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, not a lot there with with Angel in this one, but some moments that uh, that I think are important. But you know, again, he's fulfilling the role of harbinger almost Uh (laughs) like you know again he's not he's not this is not a social call it's you know so that i can bring you doom and gloom and um even though you know like he wants it to be more than just that yeah like it's that's what he leaves it at oh you just happened to come into my room the night i'm back from la for the summer like you know oh this just happens to be the night that you need to come tell me about the master rising from the grave kind of thing um, yeah, no, he's there to kind of kickstart the plot, you know, like, and then not as a gimmick, but like that, that's his role is like, as you said, the harbinger, like that he's there to kind of mark when things of import are about to happen, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think that's how it seems to be working out, but like, he clearly wants something beyond that yeah so yeah yeah no there's more to him than just he's not just there to tell her what's going on right like from his from his own character motivations he's it's like hey i have something to tell you and it's convenient that i'm just gonna pop into your bedroom in the middle of the night yeah right right um but yes buffy pushes him away so we have to talk about Cordelia, though, because mm-hmm. actually, I had more notes on Cordelia than on Willow and Xander, yeah. and almost as many as I had for Buffy yeah. this time around. Yeah. Um, you know, we already talked a little bit about her sincerity, which I feel like Cordelia has always sort of been sincere, sincere. from the beginning. Like she, she definitely speaks her mind, but like this. Like, I, I think sincerity in a different kind of way. Like, she actually is starting to feel well, some since, affection well, sincere for... sincere in... She's always been sincere, but what she's been sincere about is her meanness. But here, she's right. sincere about saying a nice thing. She says a nice right. thing and means it, which is new, you know? <laughs> yeah, and even... It's not sincere even... about telling you that I think you're, you know, a, like a loser. It's sincerely thanking and sincerely... Respecting, Warning. Yeah. 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 And giving Buffy real, yeah, real advice from yeah. a good place. And and even when Buffy tries again to, you know, insult her, oh, you're campaigning for Bitch of the Year, aren't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's like, and then, and, um, oh, I forget exactly what the exchange is there. And, and, and Cordelia comes back, you know, well, I can, I can hold my own. Like, she she's the one who's not rising to the bait this time. Like in the past, she totally would have, but it was, Hey, you've kind of saved the world and you've done me some favors. So I'm going to do you one. And it's interesting there because that's not the sort of the me, me, me attitude that Cordelia seems to have. Wouldn't, wouldn't have room for that sort of, um, you know, uh, 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 reciprocal 
uh, you know, sort of thing. Yeah. Like it, you almost tend to think that she's just take, take, take. And it, but it's not. She's saying, she's acknowledging the fact that there is a relationship between them, you know, whatever that might be. And that it's like that she's benefited from that relationship and she wants to, it for some reason, give back, um, you know, something. So yeah. I, 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 I'm kind of fumbling around in how, how I try to say it, but, well, but it, she and, anyway. She and Buffy kind of switch places a little bit. You know, it's Buffy that's me, me, me in this episode, you know? Mm-hmm. And Cordelia's funny kind of reaction to that is well excuse me that's my role you're the one who's supposed to be nice to people and care about them so let me tell you how it is you know like it's almost like Buffy switches and Cordelia steps into the void to fill in the Buffy role of someone who is caring and has good advice yeah and then she she becomes the insightful one certainly yeah yeah, and it's kind of like, you know, as soon as Buffy goes back, Cordelia is going to be Cordelia. She's going to be, well, but she has this insight into other yeah. people, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah, no, we see a different side of her. And of course, and and the episode is bookended by Cordelia mm-hmm. and her Mimi Minas. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she she's, yeah. first time we see her at the be, you know beginning of the episode, she's talking about, oh, how her parents were supposed to go to St. Croix, but they ended up in Tuscany, you know, uh, that's not even like first world problems. That's like, yeah, no one has suffered. Like I have suffered. And is it possible to have too much character? (laughs) Exactly. And then at the end you can try to clean till judgment day and none of those stains are going to come out. You know, it's like, you know, once again, we're back to how this horrible impending death and rise of the master, you know, stained an outfit she was wearing. Like, that's the worst thing that could happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, and of not course, the being kidnapped or almost killed. And of course, those things are more are true in a, you know, in a real psychological sense of Buffy that no one has suffered like Buffy has suffered, and Buffy mm-hmm. has stains which are on her sort of soul which won't come out <laughs> till judgment. You know, and her psyche. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and but Cordelia is mostly concerned about her her beach tan and her right and her clothes you know yeah um but i think it it brings up an interesting point about cordelia um and even just going back to the conversation where she first sees um buffy and willow and xander and calls them the three musketeers is she that honesty yeah that she has gives her much better capabilities of cape of, of coping with the horrors that she's seen now mm-hmm. granted she hasn't seen nearly as much she hasn't died you know yeah. whatever like like she's not experienced as much as buffy has but she's honest about it. she's like what are you guys talking about i'm talking about the big squiggly monster yeah. that came out of the floor like do you not remember what happened last prom it was only like a few months ago yeah <laughs> you know come on but no, but it, it's it just that. kind of rolls off her yeah, it's that sort of that that ability. I mean, she knows who she is and what she wants and and how to deal with herself. It's Buffy who's having the problem and pushing people away and lying about the dream she has and lying to everyone and to herself and saying she's ready when clearly she's not yeah. to face, you know, the things that are coming after her. Um so you almost have to wonder like I mean, with Cordelia, you just take that selfishness along with 
the earnestness that yeah. she has, um, you know, in, in trying to give Buffy what amounts to being some pretty good advice. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, I don't know. This is, you know, this is why I said don't discount Cordelia back in episode one. Yeah, you know, sure. like, it, you know, this, the, it, you, you get some real good insight into her there. And I think a lot of it has to do with that very, um, sincerity or, or, you know, willingness to just see things exactly how she sees yeah, them or, or, a, or say things exactly how she sees them. And that is like a double-edged sword. So you're going to get, you know, mm-hmm. sincerity both. You're going to get sincere opinions. You know, we may not like her opinions all the time. But, <laughs> yeah, we can still criticize them, but, they're, but, but they're we know they're honest. honest opinions, you know. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah and she is going to call it like it is, you know. Um, yeah. So or, I, I, or even I, I really her, like, I don't even know that I even disagree with all of her opinions. It's more about, I think we just want her to be nicer, sh- sugarcoat and, and <laughs> hold her tongue, you know, so she has no filter, but you know, yeah. but I think a lot of, I mean, we've talked a lot about that her insight and analytical ability is actually pretty spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, she just doesn't have a same sense of you know, societal political correctness as the rest of yeah, us pro- do. Propriety. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and interesting to see, like, I felt like there were some, um, correlations there with Cordelia and Jenny Carpenter, uh-huh. um, this time too. Just, I mean, one, of course we see them kind of walking together at the end and, and of course they're the first two kidnapped and, and, um, but we kind of see this wild side, like carefree side of Jenny yeah. <laughs> going to Burning Man. Well, we and, hear about it, you know, yeah. And well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't see it, naked, obviously. Naked mud dancing, um, and yeah. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know. It, anyway, like a, a more of a free spirit. Um, obviously not. She's not going to Tuscany where Cordelia went, right. but you know what I mean. Like it, there seems to be a bit more like openness and yeah, freeness there. Yeah, than, and of course, um, and of course, contrasted to Giles, and the kind right. of opposites attract. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I don't. Um, I mean, I don't have a lot to say about Giles actually this this time around. Um, he he just kind of does his Giles thing. Um, yeah. What what else did you want to talk about? Did you? I, I know you had some notes on sort of the mythology and um, and that kind of stuff. I don't know how. I mean, well, I mean, they kind of mentioned at the beginning that it was quiet over the summer, and then as soon as mm-hmm. Buffy comes back, the vampires come back, which I think is kind of interesting because you would think it would be the opposite. You would think that where Buffy goes, the vampires scatter, you know, and mm. don't want to be anywhere near her. So. It's interesting that they're drawn to her in some way, you know. Well, I mean, because I know yeah. they're, I know they're drawn to the Hellmouth, but right. but they do say that her coming and going made a difference. Well, Angel says that the Anointed One is gathering forces, though. Too, uh, well, like, yeah, but Buffy says it's almost like they knew, like. It was quiet yeah. in the summer, and 
now that I'm back, they're around again. I took that as, again, her focusing on herself. Okay. Like, correlation doesn't mean causation. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, she's... I, 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 but so that's I, not you know, a mythological point, is what you're saying. Like, it's not like... We're not no, supposed I think, to notice I think that the way like, that. I think the way that you described it, that they would tend to run away from the Slayer, is more accurate mm-hmm. than than that she attracts them. Yeah. Um, that's not to say there aren't particular vampires who might try to hunt her down, or right, or right. not just vampires, no, but like but you know, like, bad this guys. This is like a thug, but this isn't like an important. This is like Joe Vampire who has no motivation. He's just out hunting for a good time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Right, no, this isn't right, and and he thinks he's caught some easy prey with Xander yeah. and Willow, like, and then Buffy shows up. So we're like, I don't get the sense at all that the vampire she defeats at the beginning is is someone who was looking for her. No, and, know, the, and when I said attracted, I more meant like um, by her presence, by, by her presence, and and subconsciously, and like, is there something yeah. about her being there which? stirs up all this supernatural activity which is kind of dormant when she's away but maybe i'm taking that too far that's interesting i i didn't take it that way i won't say you're wrong to take it that way because honestly it's not a consideration i made i i took that to be more her self-focus yeah and and saying oh well it's almost like they knew i'm back like is well no maybe this just happened to be when things were going down um, because the anointed one's been gathering people, yeah. uh, vampires, you know, to gather his strength back. Like it's been, I mean, cause it's, it's a summer break. It hasn't been that long, you know, it's been a few months and, and so it's, you know, they had to gather enough yeah. power or whatever. I, you know, I don't know. Like that, that was just the way I took it, but that's not to say that they couldn't be. Um, I don't know. We'll keep our eyes open. Yeah. Um, so the only other the, thing of mythological importance, I guess, is um, that the anointed one is still alive at the end, mm-hmm. um, and the master is now talcum powder. And yes. so, is can you say is that the end of? Are we finally? Is that is the master gone now, or is this still? I mean, he has the little piece of skull still, but. I don't know. I'm not expecting that we're just going to keep trying to revive the master over and over again. Right. No, the, the, and, and so there's the, the catharsis of, right, beating the master to a pulp. And then, um, also obviously Buffy crying, which is, you know, her showing her vulnerability. And I, I think we're meant to take at this point that the master himself is over and done with yeah. and and that you know the anointed one man i hate that, I hate that you know girl, girl. Yeah. <laughs> um you know coming out at the end like i mean clearly the anointed one i mean he's st- the anointed one's still alive so yeah. you know obviously it's not the end of trouble per se no. and yeah. and we and we get angel's warning you know don't underestimate him just because he looks like a child yeah. but you know definitely the master is done so we're looking onward like you like you said kind of at the beginning of our discussion about Buffy here this is it's wrapping up still from season one yeah. we're, we're kind right, of you right. know putting it's the cap on that plot line yeah and, the yeah. last nail in the coffin yeah. or whatever you wanted to say yeah yeah so um, 
Yeah, no, for all intents and purposes, the master is... Is, that's it, yeah. No, yeah. And, and I won't hold you to that if... I, and I, I think it's... So I'm going to say the same thing you said about the, like the same thing I won't in, say we would never see no, the master again. No, of course again. not. No, and I, and I'm, I get that. <laughs> I think I can, um, I can live with that. So, yeah, no, there's, there's, um, yeah, no, we're, we're moving We're on moving to into new territory in the season. We're going to, you know, yeah. To bigger, to bigger bads. Sure. Um, if you, if you will. So, <laughs> um, yeah, no, the anointed one, I mean, his, well, his force is decimated at the end of the episode. Yeah. So who knows where he's going to go on from here. But yeah, he, you know, we at least know that for the last few months, it took him, it took him the summer to, you know, amass the forces he had and Buffy deals with them in like five minutes yeah. of fighting. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what other tricks he might have up his sleeve yeah. or if there's other things that will come out of the closet. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, I, I feel like we can't go on without, commenting on principal snyder uh-huh. um and and his love of children yeah. and yeah you know they're they're, they're locusts and they have <laughs> the, a relentless pointless desire to exist <laughs> yeah and and giles says the thing that i've thought many times with with those teachers which is maybe with your hatred of children Teaching might have been the wrong profession for you. Yeah. Like, yeah. why did you get into this in the first place? And we've all had those teachers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, well, someone's got to keep an eye on them. Yeah. That's why he's there. Because he's there to keep an eye on yeah. them to make sure they don't, aren't too bent on feeding and mating. Yeah. Um, and, of course, but, uh, it's very funny because it's the adult teachers that are bent on Mating oh, yeah. at this right. point. It's Giles yeah. and Jenny uh who are becoming gibbering idiots around each other, not the teenagers. Yeah. Um <laughs> yeah. too funny. Uh but of course we get the real uh the real kicker there where where we get the you really have faith in those kids, don't you? And and Giles is like, Yes, I do. Yeah. I do have faith in them. Like that's it, I mean, not that we necessarily thought that Giles didn't, but it's nice to see him admitting that to another adult without kids around. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, like it. It's not just like he's not just saying that to like cheer up Buffy or yeah. give her courage or whatever. Like it's it's genuine. Yeah. You know there, mm-hmm. um, and of course Snyder thinks that's weird. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I, you know, I mean, Principal Snyder, he's he's a trip. He is. He uh, met people yeah, like anyway. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, okay. Well, we've gone way yeah. long we here, so stuff. we should probably wrap it up. Um, and we'll be back next week with what was it again? The Christmas Invasion. The Christmas Invasion for Doctor Who and the short prequel and the second episode of Buffy season two indeed so until then thank you all for listening and have a good week see you next time